Welcome to Dental Assistant Nation, powered by Ignite DA. This podcast is designed to empower, enlighten, and educate dental assistants, helping them have a more fulfilling career and enjoy their day more. Join us as we tackle some of the hottest topics in dental assisting. Now, here's your host, Ignite DA co-founder, Kevin Henry. Welcome to this episode of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast powered by Ignite DA. My name is Kevin Henry. I am the co-founder of Ignite DA and so glad that you've taken a few minutes out of your busy schedule to join us uh, for what's going to be a fun and informative podcast. I have no doubt about it. Uh, And I'm going to bring on my dear friend and one of the gurus out there whenever it comes to insurance and payment arrangements and a lot that has to do with the front desk and the critical role that the dental assistant has in the back. And that is my dear friend, Teresa Duncan. Hey, what is up, Miss Teresa? Hey, Kevin. Uh, glad to be here on here with you. So I, I love your little podcast that you've got. I, all the, it's short enough for me to consume and I dig that. You know, my attention span is that of a nap. So the things like this are really good for me to, you know, to do and to listen to as well. So uh, <laughs> You know, I love you. I know so many people out there know you, but there are still some that, that may not uh, know who the great Teresa Duncan is. So you oh, take just stop. <laughs> oh, stop. So take just a minute, say hey, tell them who you are, and then we're going to dive into a big topic today. So what I'm mostly known for is insurance coding and dental management. And so I work with an awful lot of office managers and actually a lot of assistants uh, training them to be insurance coordinators treatment case presenter presenters, uh, financial case presenters, and uh, yeah, really money, insurance, and making sure all of that flows between the front and the back. That's that's really, I guess, what I'm known for. And, and I will tell you, so many of you assistants come up to me and you talk to me about career paths and you talk to me about what's next for you and what can I do outside of just the normal role of dental assisting. This is a great lady for you to know because she has seen those assistants take those next steps into insurance coordinator, into treatment coordinator, into the front desk. So Teresa is definitely a person though, that you're going to want on your side, and, and uh, we will give you her contact info uh, after we've talked here. But you mentioned money, mm-hmm. and that's always something that perks up the, the ears of, of listeners, uh, whether they're wanting it or they're having to work with it on a daily basis. And yeah. let's talk a little bit about what you're seeing out there as far as financial arrangements, and kind of the dental assistant's role, because you and I were having a pretty interesting conversation. What I'm seeing and hearing is that the role of financial management is getting bigger and bigger, and actually it's a necessity. It's not that we all of a sudden woke up and thought, oh, it's cool that we should collect more money. You know, offices are finding it harder and harder with the reimbursement issues that they're having and patients, you know, not sticking around necessarily for the long term. You know, we're having to make sure that the money we should collect is getting collected. There's been an increased emphasis on collecting deposits, down payments for work, um, increasing the insurance, I'm sorry, the collections efforts on the back end. And it just seems like more and more assistance. I actually get a lot of assistance and hygienists in my insurance classes. More and more, the question is, am, what am I supposed to do with the money? Like they can talk about the clinic clinical part, but what do I do with the money? Am I supposed to collect it? Do I get the co-payment? Do I do, you know, what do I do? And I know you, you know, you're always talking to assistants and 
I know that this part is not what they went to school with or took training on. Right. So hopefully I can, I can help a little bit. What I am seeing is that offices are starting to ask for a deposit to even schedule the work. And especially if you're in a, a specialist office, you, you've been a part of this, you've seen this. Most specialist offices will require some sort of deposit to even have the appointment. I'm seeing it now more and more on in general offices that have big appointments that they're trying to schedule. And especially if there is um, anesthesia involved or, you know, nitrous, yeah. we need to hold that spot. And so I, I would love it if assistants would maybe, if they've got somebody in the office who's good with asking for money, see if they can give you some of the big, um, some, some tips on how it makes their conversation um, easier with the patient. You know, how about asking for money? Once you get really good with asking for money, it becomes almost second nature. It's not easy though, Kevin. That's that's one thing that I, I think people don't realize is that it's it's supremely uncomfortable to ask someone for money if you don't do it regularly. It, it is. And, and you know, that's, that's actually where I was going to go with my next question because I can tell you personally, you know, money's always been a little bit of a, you know, you start getting a little tight, you start kind of going, you know, but it's also part of running a business properly. I mean, you've got to get the payments and, and reservations. I mean, that, that's a really important thing. So how, how do we get better? Is it just realizing the money is just a black and white issue? Is it learning from other folks? What are you kind of hearing or seeing? Well, the black and white comment is a very interesting one because I, I want you to take the emotion out of asking for money because when you're uncomfortable with it, and, and I remember, I remember those days, I always worried that the patient would think I was money hungry or that I was being ridiculous or that I was asking too much. And it was when I realized that the fear was because I was worried about how the patient would look at me it really changed things around. We need to not be so self-absorbed, honestly, because the patient is not concerned with you. The patient is thinking about how much money they need to pay. They're thinking about their monthly bill. They're thinking about what else that they pay on a monthly basis. Really, honestly, the last thing they're thinking about is you. So, you know, take that emotion out of there. Don't worry so much about what they're thinking. You're presenting the facts to them. If they're quiet, if they look like they're ready to blow their top, it's usually not at you. It's the situation. Yeah. The other side of that, too, is, you know, when you go to any any business, whether it's medical or not, I mean, just think of going to your eye doctor when you go to buy uh, lenses or, you know, new frames. There's no think of how easily they tell you it's going to be this this much. That's that's what patients are used to. Us hemming and hawing is actually the weird thing. It's true. That's a, that's a really good point. And, and I'll tell you one thing that I've seen, and, and maybe you have as well, that makes it even more uncomfortable is when the assistant doesn't feel like she's allowed to talk about money or he's allowed to talk about money and that that's the front desk responsibility. And, and so it's almost like you're passing it off to somebody else. And, and that's just makes for a very awkward moment. Yeah. And, and if that's the case, you know, if, if you are in an office where they would prefer the clinical team doesn't talk money, I get that. That That's fine. Yeah. But there needs to be some sort of transition where, you, where you're allowed to say something like, um, I know just enough about that to get in trouble. So I tell you what, let's go up front. I know Jean will be able to help you with that or Teresa will be able to help you with that. You know, kind of make a joke about it. Um, 
if if they're very feeling very strongly about that, I, I would not cross that line. If there's really no hard and fast about that, though, I would push a little bit. If you're looking to get into more of the insurance coordinator or financial coordinator or even clinical director role in your office, push a little bit and see if you can get into that area. Because if if I have an assistant in front of me and I'm looking to hire and one has had no experience presenting money and one has, I'm always going to go with the one that has had experience if that's the only distinguishing factor because it's so important nowadays to have everybody comfortable with the whole financial aspect. So, you know, explore a little bit. See if you can ask somebody up front to train you or at least give you some pointers. And that honestly, you were talking about career path earlier, Kevin. My best insurance coordinators I've ever worked with have all been assistants, hands down. And it's a great career path for you. And, and okay, let's just take a little aside here because I think some assistants right now are going, what might that look like and what would it take? I mean, do you have just a second to say, mm -hmm. here's here, you know, you said some of the best are. What are some of those qualities that make them that? So they are comfortable talking to the patient. So that that's number one. Um, problem solving, because insurance and financial case presentations, there's a lot of problem solving going in there. You have to check and double check your details. You need to make sure copayment estimations are correct. And you have to be a little bit empathetic as well, because although they're not concerned with you, they are concerned with how this is going to impact their their lifestyle. And, and sure. so making sure that you are able to say comfortably, well, if you can't take care of that all at one time, how can we how can we help you with that? If it sounds if, if that just made your your, you know, if that just gave you goosebumps like, oh, no, I'm never going to do that. That then that's not for you. And that's good. That's fine. But if you if some of you have dipped your toe in the water and you've had those conversations and you're thinking, oh, that's not that tough. There's there's definitely room for you. The strength of a good insurance coordinator, Kevin, is not necessarily the conversations. That's a huge piece of it. But the fact is being able to make sure the claims have the correct documentations, under, understanding tooth numbers, understanding the clinical reasons why we need a crown or scaling and root planning. That's where the strength is. And, and again, Somebody off the street, if they've got assistant experience versus reception experience, and I need it for an insurance coordinator job, I'm going to go with the clinical person every time. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I know, uh, and maybe you've heard this as well, Teresa, that there are so many places right now around the country that are looking for good dental assistants. And when I mean good, I mean well-rounded mm -hmm. and are very, you know, can fill a number of roles. And so many of you assistants out there have talked to me about what's my next step, what should I do? And certainly we're never going to say, well, leave a practice to go to another one. How about that? But just know that doing things like this make you much more attractive for when you want to take that next step and when you feel the time is right to maybe tweak your career or, or move forward a little bit. So I, I think this is really important for you all to remember. Absolutely. So, I mean, honestly, just padding your, padding your skill set with, financial and with insurance, that's going to make you more attractive. Now, if you, if none of those float your boat, having an assistant with um, skill with uh, CAD cam and with uh, any of the 3d printing that's coming out um, or any of the ortho co coordinators, that's another big part, but some sort of technology that distinguishes you from the rest of the, the field. 
I'll, I'll be honest, the most of the assistants, I'm sorry, most of the managers that I talk to that are out there, there's really no distinguishing feature amongst most of the assistant candidates. And, and that's really unfortunate. I think that's starting to change, but it, for the most part, it, it's hard. It's pretty much, you know, six and one half dozen the other, which is not how assistants should be seen. No, agreed. You know, and, and that's where we at Ignite DA and, you know, uh, people like Teresa who are out there who work with us, you know, it's so important that you rise above, you know, that whole together we rise thing we talk about. It's so that you can rise above the crowd and really make yourself known for the qualities that you have and the skill sets that you have as well. And, you know, Teresa, one thing that I, I just want to mention here is that I know a lot of assistants and, and you've heard this, I've heard this, that they'll often be asked for a second opinion about, you know, do I really need that crown that the doctor just, just said I did, you know, or something like that. You know, we hear that all the time. And this is also a chance for you to not only emphasize what the doctor said and why you actually need the crown, Mrs. Jones, but also to start the conversation about a care credit, to talk about that third party financing, how the money is going to factor in. I think that it can be a very natural conversation. Do you see it that same way? Yeah, actually, if an assistant came to me and said, I have experience presenting, you know, care credit or any of the third party, I would sit up a little straighter in my chair and take notice of that because that's, that's a rare thing. So if you're doing that already in your office, then that needs to definitely go on your resume. Cause I, I want to know that from a hiring point of view, I, I think anytime any applicant shows that they've taken courses above and beyond what the practice has required, that gets me very, very excited. The reality, Kevin, is that most practices, many practices, I shouldn't say most, many practices don't even pay for any CE or any improvement or the assistant and the manager. So you seeking it is just, that's exciting to see. It is. And, you know, and, and I know there's so many of you out there who are doing that. I mean, you're listening to this podcast. Let's be honest. You know, we're not talking about Game of Thrones or anything here. This is actual dental assisting uh, <laughs> career stuff and, and work stuff that you're listening to. And and I still appreciate that and admire all of you who take those extra steps, who come to our Ignite courses, who visit us when we're at state meetings. And again, Teresa's seeing these, you know, this kind of folks in your class as well. And I think that's so cool to hear. It is. It's very cool to hear. So can I just give a, a quick plug for my book? Because I think yeah. it will help um, if you are interested. Yeah. yeah. If you're interested in this and if you're not, then, you know, don't, don't worry. No, no pressure. But the, <laughs> uh, the book is called Moving Your Patients DS Easy Insurance Conversation. So if your job is requiring you to have those conversations, whether it's financial or just case presentation. I think there's a lot of scripts in there. There's a lot of scenarios in there. It's a quick, easy read. I think that could really help you out. If you're anywhere I'm speaking, typically Care Credit is very happy to sponsor book signings. Just like with Kevin, you can always get a copy of Kevin's books when he's speaking because of, of Care Credit, um, you know, purchasing our books and making them available. Um, but if not, you know, Amazon's got it. My site's got it. So you can certainly find a copy of it. Check with your manager though. A lot of managers already have a copy of it. That's true. You know, and, and again, I think just even checking with them about, do you have Teresa's book? will let them know you're interested in this. And that, that perks up some eyebrows too, which I think is really. Cool. Absolutely. That's a, there's so much room so, for growth in the assistant world. It's, it's pretty exciting. So, 
one last thought and then uh, we're going to wrap up. But Teresa, if, if somebody wants to kind of see if that might be a fit for mm -hmm. them, if somebody wants to maybe go, maybe I'm interested in that, what would you suggest being a next step? Well, you, you would need to really familiarize, familiarize yourself with uh, insurance, the basics of it, at least. So I do have an online course, but I know that that's, that's cost prohibitive to somebody who's just kind of dipping their toe in the water. I would suggest going to my website. There are free webinars on my website that deal with insurance that I think would be very, very helpful for you. Um, go over to the webinar section. There's a, a bunch of them that are free. Uh, kind of immerse yourself in them. There's a lot of free articles there too. One is um, all about, it, it's called insurance coordinators are flexible or something about being flexible. Uh, and that's actually, a that was written from the point of view of an assistant moving into uh, an insurance coordinator role. So, you know, check out the website, check out all the free stuff and see if it floats your boat. And uh, yeah, and I'm, I, you know, email me if you have any questions too. I'm available for that. Kevin, if you want to put that on the show notes, it's Teresa at odysseymgmt.com and, you know, find me on Facebook and yeah, I'm around. I'm just around as much as you are, Kevin. <laughs> Pretty easy to find. Yeah. And, and often we're together. I hate to tell you. So usually if you get one of us, you get both, which is really cool. Uh, but I want to make sure odysseymgmt.com. Uh, Teresa, like she said, has so many great resources out there. You know, we at Ignite DA put things on our website, IgniteDA.net, that are completely free for you. Teresa's done the same thing. And I think that's really a, a, a big tip of the hat to her for that because she knows a lot of you are needing a little push or needing some information. And Teresa's got the same heart that, that we do, that we don't want this to be cost prohibitive and keep you from moving forward just because it's something you can't afford or maybe at this moment you're not willing to, to invest yeah, in. Yeah. So Dipping your toe in the water should always be free. It's the, the deep dive is going to, you know, that's where you got to put out time, not even just money, Kevin, but time. Yeah, that's true, uh, which can be the greatest resource of all. We know that Absolutely. for sure. So, well, Teresa, always great to talk to you. Thanks so much for being on, and, uh, and uh, thanks for all you do for assistance out there. It, it really oh, means a lot. Very much appreciated. Thank you. And thanks to all of you who have listened to this episode of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast powered by Ignite DA. I want to remind you, subscribe to us on Google, uh, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. We want to make sure that you know we are there. And we're always bringing you industry experts like the fabulous Teresa Duncan uh, to share their insight with you. And, hey, if you really liked what you heard or you, you're enjoying this podcast series, Give us a rating. We always appreciate some stars and uh, some love on any of those platforms as well. So until next time, remember, do everything you can to rise above the crowd. Together, we rise. So until next time, remember, do everything you can to rise above the crowd.